You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name as always is Colin Kelly. I'm joined as always on the show by Doug Moore, my co-host and partner in crime here at OTI. And on today's show we're joined by the one, the only Matt Harmon of NFL.com. Uh, you'll know him from Backyard Banter as well and of course Reception Perception. Matt, uh, as always, I'm sure it's going to be an absolute pleasure. Thanks for jumping aboard the show. Yeah, for sure, guys. It's always fun. I feel like uh, I've been on the show at least three or four times now. Always a good time to talk to you guys and, uh, you know, right in the thick of it uh, with the NFL season, which is good. You know, we're almost closer to the end than we are to the beginning. Almost. Don't, Not there don't yet. You say but, that. But it, don't you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's, but it's just crazy how time flies so fast. Like, looking at you know setting rankings and everything this week and keep having to read like title the same you know same old articles that we publish on a weekly basis and it's like oh wow right it's week seven now i can't believe it yeah it's pretty crazy it's just it is really uh, steamrolling right through it and as you mentioned you know we're kind of next week is kind of the halfway point of most fantasy regular seasons anyway you'll be hitting into those playoffs week 14 week 15 so uh, you know it, it really is cracking on through it and a couple of leagues that I started off 0-3 and I, I got back to 500 this week back to 3-3 and so things are starting to lock up and then there's leagues that you start off positively and it's all starting to crumble all around you so uh, interesting times uh, to say the least but obviously we had week six last week and uh, I'm just gonna let each of you do this uh, Matt I'll let you go first what was your kind of one key takeaway if you could only pick one from NFL week six Oh, man, I, I think the biggest thing right now, you know, I, I'm always trying to think of like what is what are things that we need to accept the way they are? You know, we always try to force our own expectations into something. But I think one thing right now, like if you're expecting uh, Jamal Charles to get back to his old workload, I don't think that's going to happen at this point. You know, Spencer Ware out touched him, out snapped him. Uh, this past week and you know they were winning the game pretty comfortably against a bad Oakland defense but at this point I think that if you're expecting Jamal Charles to be a workhorse and Spencer Ware to go to the to the background I think you're kind of missing the boat on this one I I think this is going to be a pretty near even split uh, the rest of the way and you know maybe it's going to be good for Jamal Charles to be fresh in December you know that's pretty much never been the case throughout his entire career I think this only benefits him but I, I just if you've been holding Jamal Charles all this time expecting to get like you know top five running back return value out of him I think you're going to be kind of disappointed yeah and it's actually interesting you mentioned that one particularly because I know that's something that Doug wants to talk about so we might go into that just as we start the show in a little bit more depth but you know as well do you think Matt there's a possibility that with charge coming back off that injury with the way the game flow went last week and with uh, you know where kind of tearing up through that their Oakland defense uh, in the run game do you think you know as you mentioned obviously for fantasy it's not good but for the Chiefs it's certainly good long term as you uh, you know try and keep Charles healthier uh, if they do make a run towards the playoffs and at the moment it certainly looks like they're gonna be in the in the mix uh, come come December oh yes yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing for the team. Uh, I, having Jamal Charles as more of a, like a, a passing game threat or an in-space back, I think that's a good thing. I also think having Spencer Ware as a hammer is especially uh, is especially good. I think two things that benefit the NFL teams but we, that annoy us as fantasy players uh, are – Having a split backfield, I think that's just overall good for as long as it's split into two clear players and they're both very good. I think that's good for NFL teams. And also when you don't just pump like 200 targets through a player, like I think that's also better for an offense as well, even though we don't like that as fantasy players. But for that this situation specifically, yeah, I really like this, the setup for the Chiefs backfield. And, you know, last week it was a bad weather game. You know, sort of that quote-unquote classic mutter running back sort of situation. I think that fits Spencer Ware very well, and they were able to take advantage of it. Yeah, and obviously, as you mentioned, like filtering those rushes or filtering targets through uh, one player. Uh, you know, it's certainly better for the human body as well if those players can have uh, you know somebody to help them out around that time. I'm going to go to you now, Doug. Obviously, we're looking. There's been talk this week looking at charges. You know, a, a flex or maybe a high upside flex for the rest of the season. Same sort of situation with Spencer Ware, with Ware getting those you know the workload more. So how do you see them, uh, you know, for the rest of the season, Doug? Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a split. Uh, unfortunately, we're just seeing that, you know, the, the Chiefs are bringing along Charles uh, slowly. You know, they don't want to rush him back necessarily from, 
you know, his second major knee injury in, in a few years. And uh, Spencer Ware's doing great, so there's really no need to. I'll probably be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Uh, the char- I'm sorry, the Chiefs can release Jamal Charles after this season um, and save $7 million in cap room next year without taking a, a cap hit. So I'm starting to think that maybe this is just them trying to phase him out of their offense. Now, this is probably going back to the whole Julian Edelman Patriot, uh, not, uh, I'm sorry, Wes Walker Patriot scenario from a few years ago. But I'll, I'll just throw that out there and then let you guys destroy me <laughs> later for it. Yeah, and uh, as well, when we're uh, when we're looking at uh, NFL Week 7, uh, we're talking about, you know, charge not getting the workload. We'll probably see charge uh, just absolutely explode in NFL Week 7 uh, for, for us saying this now. But uh, let's uh, start to look ahead to Week 7. And uh, just before we do that, I'm just going to play this read for you. Just before we get into this week's previews, I just want to tell you about some listener-exclusive discount codes you can use here in association with OTI. First one up is NFL Euroshop. Their website is europe.nflshop.com. They are the official merchandiser for NFL in Europe. Uh, they have you covered for all the new uh, you know, headgear and so on that's out for this season, hoodies and such, uh, even up as far as the Colour Rush jersey. So they are doing uh, a de- 10% discount with us here at OTI. They're also offering worldwide shipping free for this month of October. So uh, until the end of October, free shipping and of course that 10% discount on all orders using the code OTI10. So just uh, select what you wish to, to buy and uh, head on over to checkout. Put in the discount code OTI10 for 10% savings. So guys, with uh, NFL Week 7 ready and uh, really ripping up towards us, just uh, I'm going to let Doug go first. Doug, which game do you want to kick off this preview? And before you kick off the preview, um, I've kind of heard it in both your voices. Are we? Uh, is everyone on this podcast starting to kind of battle some signs of kind of autumn or heading towards winter with a, a little bit of a cold? <laughs> so I'm getting I, I'm getting over uh, a bron- uh, bronchitis and a cold. I, I will I will admit that. Um, and uh, you could definitely hear it last week. Uh, yeah, like I'm pretty much coughing saved. all day, so uh, hopefully I can yeah. make it through this show. So, so Calm did save me a little bit with his editing and not showing that uh, I am as sick, or at least not revealing to the people how sick I really was. I am doing much better now, luckily, so that only means that in two weeks I'm going to get sick again. Um, <laughs> but um, moving in, I guess, to the first game that uh, really I want to tackle, and I think this is a, is a game where we're seeing injuries to uh, both running backs, both starting running backs to the team, and I really want to get Matt's take on this. This is the Buccaneers and the 49ers. We usually wouldn't start with a, a matchup like this, but I think this warrants a lot of talking about. <laughs> so I want to make sure we get out of the way early. Um, the Buccaneers have announced that Doug Martin suffered a setback. He will not play in Week 7. Um, and we just saw Vincent Jackson go on IR with a torn ACL. So they're dealing with a couple injuries. Charles Sims went out on IR earlier this season. And they're just losing some playmakers. So I really want to get your take um, Matt, on can Jaquiz Rogers do well against, I think, over the last three weeks, the most generous uh, fantasy defense against running backs? And on the flip side, is Mike Davis a guy that could, you know, generate some points, could do well for some fantasy owners if Carlos Hyde can't play in week seven? Yeah, I tend to think that Rod. And to answer the question about the cold, I, I don't think I have a cold, as far as I know. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe I sound a little, maybe <laughs> I sound a little nasally, but but I live in I live in L.A., man. I don't I'm not, I'm not yeah, susceptible to the weather or anything like up. that. But yeah, right. But but I will tell you, it is that it is that time of year when like a sickness does tend to start to spread through the entire newsroom. And since yeah. we basically work in in a large petri dish where we're all in too, <laughs> too much contact with each other, things do tend to spread fast. So I really hope that that isn't something that happens soon but maybe i just sound a little nasally or my mic is is not but anyways <laughs> who knows but but to answer but to answer the question uh i think that rogers definitely has a, a strong chance to be a playable asset again this week as doug mentioned that 49ers running defense is is not very good uh they've started to really fall apart with navarro bowman out of the picture uh shady mccoy just ripped them up last week and they, they've been extra generous uh, uh in other ways too so I, I do think that Rodgers is a solid play. In terms of Mike Davis, I I don't know. I like to attach my running backs to good offenses. And, you know, Carlos Hyde has kind of bucked that trend so far this year. 
But at the same time, I think Hyde is just a much better player than Mike Davis. So while I think that Davis is worth going out and picking up on a speculative basis, because, I mean, any time a running back is going to potentially get, you know, 10 to 15 carries a game, which I think uh, Davis certainly can. That's what Hyde was working with. I think they're worth adding to your roster, but I don't think this would be the week to go out and play him. Uh, the Buccaneers do have a pretty solid run defense. It's it's through the air that you want to attack. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fascinating. But the, you know, the Forty ers over the last couple of weeks and have been really uh, you know just run defense has been absolutely abysmal. So uh, I think if if you're in a flex situation there, I would I would be starting them. Uh, I want to go to somebody you know previous uh, early in the off season we did. Started off with a, a top 10 wide receiver show, me and Matt did, then me and Doug and Matt done the, the top 5 wide receiver cores in the NFL. And there's two guys I know that me and you are both very high on, uh, Matt, heading into the season. And the guy that I was really high on, speaking of them teams that are back at 3 and 3 now after 6 weeks, Keenan Allen going out in a lot of my teams early on. But two other guys that are on a lot of my rosters, and uh, I know you were very, very big on them this off season. that's uh, Tyler Lockett and John Brown. Uh, Seattle at Arizona this week in week seven and it's going to be a tough week uh, you know particularly with how things have been going John Brown's been starting to get a nice uptick in targets uh, Tyler Lockett's still recovering from that PCL injury uh, still doesn't look at his explosive best so I think it's going to be a tough week really to start either with confidence uh, your thoughts on them how the season has progressed and then moving forward I've seen you had some interesting comments on uh, Tyler Lockett on Twitter over the last couple of days yeah I mean Lockett certainly has not met the expectations that that I expected. Um, but I do, I, I do think that of course, like the talent is there, the things that yeah, we, I think so too. that we, yeah, like the thing, the two things, of course, you mentioned one of them that we didn't expect was the PCL injury that has certainly seemed to sap his explosiveness, 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 excuse me. He has not uh, hit, hit a top speed of over 20 miles per hour over the last two weeks. And we tracked that with the next gen stats, of course. Uh, so that's something that we we're looking at. Hopefully he can eventually get back to full health, but also the emergence of Jimmy Graham was something that I know I certainly was not expecting. Yeah. He's essentially the, the, the number one receiver there right now, which is crazy considering just how out of place he looked in the offense last year. And then coming back from uh, the Platella tendon injury, he's been outstanding. He's the, he's the top target there. And I, at that point, you know, Lockett, even if he was playing at full strength, he'd be a, a number three target in an offense that really wants to involve their running backs heavily anyway. So that's not really something that you're counting on on a week-to-week basis from a fantasy perspective. So hopefully Lockett can close the season strong. But either way, I think I was clearly wrong in misreading this situation as a potential breakout uh, candidate this, this year. Uh, and John Brown, obviously, he started slow after having that concussion. Uh, in the preseason that caused him to miss just uh, it, uh, Bruce Arians said at best just too much time so he didn't come in as a main part of the offense but he's been the number two receiver uh, pretty much ever since he got back on track that he caught seven or he had caught 70 yards 11 targets against Buffalo on the road in, in a game that the Cardinals actually got smacked in ever since then he's played over 90 percent of the snaps he had a great game against the Rams Kind of started quiet last last game out on Monday night against the Jets, but had a great drive that it looked like they were setting up the long ball with a ton of comeback routes. Yeah. Uh, he's still a really good player, but the, the Cardinals' offense is just not the same either. Like Carson Palmer is not the deep ball artist that he was last year. This is really David Johnson's offense. So while while Fitzgerald and, and Brown are getting like the requisite share of the team targets as Michael Floyd has kind of faded to the background, uh, it, it's like they're they're both getting kind of like seven to nine targets a week as opposed to pushing for any more than that. And that, that's just really hard to to count on as a week to week contributor. Like the ability is still there with John Brown. He's a great player. But in that offense right now with Carson Palmer taking a, a visible few steps back, it's just not the same as it was last year. Yeah, this is a week where uh, I'll be sitting on most of my teams. But I think as the season goes on, he's starting to get a lot more short targets this year which wasn't something that you had, uh, had an aspect of his game as much last season and you know you've profiled his right running abilities over the last kind of 12 months so I think going forward he still definitely holds fantasy value I think in this one you know you mentioned David Johnson uh, you have to start him even though he's going up against one of the toughest run defences in the league so uh, you have to start him there Russell Wilson on the road isn't usually uh, as good as he is at home and then he's going up against a stout defence and he's still not 100% you know in his movements from that knee and ankle injury so so we'll, we'll see how he goes. But I think if you have him as your quarterback, you're probably playing him. Christine Michael again, probably starting him. And Jimmy Graham, as you mentioned, has been phenomenal over the last uh, three or four weeks. Something that I definitely didn't see coming. Uh, you mentioned Michael Floyd as well. They're caught a touchdown in that game uh, against the Jets. But outside of that, he hasn't been getting the snaps. And 
Uh, you know, if you have them, uh, you're trying. I would cash out on them at this stage if you can with a, any sort of trade deal. Uh, next up, I'm going to go to Indianapolis uh, and Tennessee. I was very high on Marcus Mariota heading into the season. He's had two very strong back-to-back outings um, against the Browns and against uh, the Miami Dolphins. But this week up, he gets another favorable matchup against the Colts defense. Uh, it could be an interesting one for Tennessee. And, you know, the Colts blowing that lead um, on Sunday Night Football this week. They just can't seem to get out of their own way. But... Uh, T.Y. Hilton missed uh, practice or might have been, I'm just looking here now I think he was limited on Wednesday's practice so still should be all good come Sunday but uh, he's been phenomenal, I think he's the second most targeted wide receiver in the NFL this season. Uh, is T.Y. somebody that you're uh, particularly high on um, Matt? Yeah for sure I mean he's really the only thing in that offense that's working in terms of passing weapons. Yeah, you Since need, Dante Moncrief has gone Moncrief out back, yeah. Yeah, they absolutely do need Moncrief back. Philip Dorsett kind of flopped as a replacement, now has an injury himself. He only had eight catches for 129 yards in the four games that Moncrief was out. Uh, Dwayne Allen's hurt now, too. So I do think that brings Jack Doyle into the picture as a nice, you know, maybe low-ceiling, high-floor, tight-end type of play. Um, He's played well this year, for sure. Uh, But Hilton's been great. I think, you know, he does have pretty pretty drastic home road splits the last few years he's just i mean he's just kind of made to play inside that dome i think then that's when you're counting on his big games but yeah i I still like ty hilton a lot going forward like i said i mean he's he's going to get a ton of defensive attention but at the same time we know he's just going to get pummeled with targets week in week out yeah, and uh, last week Delaney Walker, uh, I think he only held with one catch, but I think this week's uh, an opportunity for him to bounce back. And obviously, we've seen what Demarco Murray's been doing so far this season. Uh, I think you're definitely obviously starting him this week. Out of that, uh, Andrew Luck, Frank Gore did get over 100 yards last week, and I guess if you have him at running back, you're starting him as well. But it's kind of a game where what you see is what you get. Uh, you start, and you kind of know what you're starting in this one. But could be quite high scoring, so uh, I'm looking forward to watching this one this coming Sunday. Uh, I'll let you go with the next game, Doug. Yeah, no, so I guess I'm going to go to another game where they have, I guess, running back issues on both sides of the ball. Um, And, again, this is probably not a matchup you would think about having a lot of fancy relevant players in, but it could now for some some fancy owners that may have missed out on the studs, and that's uh, the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, Arian Foster returned after missing, I think, I don't know, 16 weeks with a hamstring injury. Um, And he did nothing because Jay Jaji went over, I think, over – 200 yards, and I don't know how. Uh, I'm still convinced um, sorcery was involved, <laughs> but I wanted to get your take on how he can go forward if he can do anything close or even be a guy that could put up, you know, sustained fantasy points per week as, as a lead back who get, you know, 10, 15, 18 carries a week. Um, even some work in the receiving game, you know, we knew him as a. Uh, a decent receiving uh, wider, uh, I'm sorry, receiving running back out of uh, Boise State. And on the flip side, we saw um, saw McCoy go down uh, today with a hamstring injury. Not saying it's anything severe, but it, it is having to make you know fantasy owners worry about is he going to play or not. Uh, if that is the case against a weak Dolphins defense, is Mike Gillespie a uh, a potential uh, you know fantasy streamer? Oh yeah, I mean, I I think that Gillisley is a player that you can you can count on as maybe you know a, a, I don't know about his ceiling or anything like that, but it's in a really good matchup again. That the Miami plays that wide nine defensive front, and that does open up middle of the field running lanes. And you know, I think that this game should be a situation where Buffalo is able to kind of push them around. So if you're desperate at running back, I think Gillisley is a is someone to to look at this week if you are. If you're hurting and you need a, a, a desperation fill-in, he's probably the the primary back right now behind LaShawn McCoy. Uh, it would be pretty, but at the same time, like this could just be a situation where there's you know like a it's like a ten to seven game uh, if LaShawn McCoy can't go. This offense doesn't really have much else going on outside of him right now. I mean Tyrod Taylor is playing pretty well but the passing game doesn't have very many weapons either so it could be a situation where there's just even in a good spot like there's really no ceiling to chase yeah and um 
obviously this has been recorded on Wednesday, so that was Wednesday's uh, session that Doug was talking about McCoy going down, so he could be perfectly fine come Sunday. And he did go down on Sunday. I tweeted out, I thought he was, you know, it looked like a serious knee injury when he went down, first of all. Went off, good luck to the, the sideline, came back into the game and uh, continued to run through that 49ers defence. Uh, I didn't mention as well about the bye weeks this week. Obviously, Carolina and Dallas are on their bye week. And I, I love, Doug, hearing some of uh, the pronunciations of your running backs uh, with a Jaji and... Uh, I don't even know how you said Gillisley, but uh, it's always fun uh, to get those. I just uh, screwed up badly. There. Oh. <laughs> it's always fun to get those uh, different takes on it. The next one up, we're going to go back to the wide receivers again, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Brown's uh, wide receiver Terrell Pryor. You know, developing from a quarterback into a wide receiver. You know, I thought there was an opportunity for him to over three or four years to maybe become a you know a low impact wide receiver for the Browns but he's come in and he's, he's really shocked me but you're somebody who obviously looks and dives very much very deep into wide receiver tape what have you seen from prior and is it something that you think that is uh, sustainable long term have the Browns found a, a key piece and then his impact in fantasy for the rest of the season oh yes they they have found something uh, in prior for sure he's been it's quite amazing really really impressive I mean especially because this is really the first uh, off season coming into this year that he really embraced the wide receiver transition. Do you think there's, possi- just, do you think there's a possibility that Josh Gardens wearing uh, a trail rider jersey? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it does. It does look like that. Like the yeah. way they they play the game is very similar. But yeah, that that's one that's one conspiracy theory to throw out there. Uh, if only they could sneak out Terrell Pryor and some then subsequently in some sort of quarterback jersey, then we could really be talking about something. But I mean. <laughs> Pryor's been great. He's not, you know, running a ton of nuanced routes or anything. He's I posted a reception perception on him on football guys, and he's pr- primarily running slant routes, vertical routes, you know, just using the basic wide receiver uh, route tree. But, you know, that's again, that's not a big criticism that I like to levy at players. I mean, you see guys like Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas running those sort of routes and just thumping defenses over and over again. And I think Terrell Pryor is well on his way to being able to master that small sample of routes and I mean he just isn't like he's impossible to cover he's so big he's probably the most athletic player every time he steps out on the field so I mean you're seeing him make contested catches too you're seeing him do everything that you want from a wide receiver so Cleveland has has absolutely found something for the long term and I think that they know that too like the report came out from NFL Network's Courtney Fallon that everybody on that Browns roster is up for the taking if you if you pay the right price except Terrell Pryor and I think that just goes to show you Hugh Jackson knows I've put a ton of time into developing this guy Uh, I believe in him I see him making the transition and I'm not cashing out now yeah and it's it is absolutely amazing the development I thought you know a project over a couple of years but if he can sustain this over the rest of the season and then have another offseason last year it's gonna be very uh, exciting to see how his development goes Cleveland for the rest of the for fantasy outlook this week you obviously have uh, uh Isaiah Crowell, who's you know tamed off after the last few weeks. Duke Johnson got a touchdown last week, but actually that didn't do a huge amount. Gary Barnage is obviously somebody who you can continue to start uh, in your tight end position. Cincinnati, on the other hand, then Giovanni Bernard's been getting a, a lot more of a, a workload over the last uh, you know three or four weeks, snap wise, than Jeremy Hill. I was disappointed. I own uh, Gio in a lot of leagues. I was disappointed to see him get stuffed at the goal line uh, on a couple of occasions in the in the first half against the Patriots last week. But I think they'll continue to use him, and uh, I think he can continue to start him against this Cleveland defense. I think even with Jeremy Hill, uh, you can start him this week as well. AJ Green, obviously, a nice matchup. The other key component in this is Tyler Eifert is back. Uh, had a limited practice today for the first time since uh, you know we had that setback last week from or two weeks ago for the back injury, but. He is, uh, you know, the Bengals want a full practice out of him before he gets to get into the action this week. But I think if he starts, he's somebody that you're, he's going to be limited, but you're going to have to play him. Would you agree with, uh, you know, if, if Eifert uh, suits up this week, you kind of have to slot him in there in your, your lineup? Yeah, I mean, I hate to play players coming back their yeah. first week off injury, but I think Eifert, with this, especially with the state of the tight end position, like, if you've if you've held him this long, you're probably dealing with a bunch of you know streaming guys like Charles Clay and all that. Like hoping for, <laughs> I'm just hoping for for five catches and maybe forty to sixty yards. Yeah, like maybe yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Like if I'm lucky, uh, that's what you're hoping for. So I think like if you have Tyler Eifert, yeah, and, and he plays, I think you kind of have to you you put yourself in a position where you have to roll him out. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree because their red zone defense. Uh, even against the Patriots uh, last week, 
who had given up a touchdown on eight out of ten drives in the red zone uh, this year, only managed to score, I believe, two touchdowns. So the red zone defense, where Eifert scored 13 touchdowns in 13 games last season, I'm sure could definitely be um, definitely used. Uh, that's just me. But uh, moving, I, I guess, while we're talking about the Patriots, um, going up against the, the, the Steelers, and usually this would probably be a pretty even matchup, except the Steelers are going to be without Big Ben uh, for who knows how long. He had a torn meniscus and somehow played the rest of the game through it and then had surgery the following day. Uh, so it will be Landry Jones. I laugh as I say it because I, even, I, I don't know how he's still in the league, but Landry Jones is going to be starting at quarterback um, in Week 7. And I want to get your take on how that affects uh, you know, Antonio Brown, Sammy Coates, and um, – uh, I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell. Wow, I forget that guy of all guys. <laughs> um, and then I guess well on the other side, um, even though he's the number two tight end, do you think Martellus Bennett's still a top twelve guy? Um, you know, even with all the healthy Patriots playmakers they have. And then the other question I have, I know you're the wide receiver guy. <laughs> Julian Edelman has uh, his usage has actually not been there. Uh, he's still being targeted, but he's still. He's not putting up the stats Fancy Owens had hoped when Brady came back. Is this going to be something we should be concerned about going forward? Uh, but I know it's a bunch of questions, so that I'll let you obviously. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the Bennett question first, and I think he's definitely a top 12 play the rest of the way. I mean, you just, again, look at the tight end position. Like, after the top eight or so, it gets really hairy, and, you know, Bennett will always be a threat for a touchdown. Uh, like, he's he's going to be the primary inline guy. I mean, with, with Bennett there, they've been able to flex Gronk out into the slot and everything a lot more. And I think that, again, just leaves the middle of the field and, and, and more shorter routes, especially in the red zone, open for Bennett to make plays. And, you know, the two tight end set's going to be a big deal for the Patriots, uh, whether they use them together or separately on the field. So, yeah, Bennett to me is still, still a top 12 play the rest of the way for sure. Um, and in terms of what that does to Julian Edelman, I mean – the, the the targets are there, the usage is, is there, but he's just not as productive. I do think there's a little bit of progression probably coming for him, especially uh, you know in the in the receiving de- in the receptions department. But at the same time, like I, I just can't imagine he's ever going to get much usage around the red zone with Legarrette Blunt, uh, Martellus Bennett, and Rob Gronkowski there. Like so, he hasn't even been a top twenty nine scorer at any point this season so far obviously he's only had two games with Brady but yeah Edelman to me not somebody that I'm really all that interested in outside of like as a floor play in PPR I think like with with James White being a factor as well and like they still want to establish some kind of running game with LeGarrette Blunt. it's just hard for me to tell myself a story where the wide receivers are getting a consistent amount of volume every week yeah I think uh, as well you know how Doug mentioned with Big Ben's injury I think the impact there you're going to see probably a higher workload for Le'Veon Bell you might see D'Angelo Williams sprinkled in as well but I think we've seen it previously with Antonio Brown when Big Ben was out of the lineup it's going to be tough for uh, you know Antonio Brown to keep up the kind of rhythm he had with Ben but I think you're going to probably ha- you're going to have to slot him into your lineup uh, no matter what is that there something you'd agree with you have to kind of start Brown even in this situation yeah right I yeah. forgot that was one of the other questions that got levied there uh, but 14, yeah, no, I think- questions in one go <laughs> Doug Doug's Doug's laying the hammer. I like that. I like that. It's a, a lot, a lot of things to cover right now. I mean, hey, this is football, right? But yeah. uh, no, I mean, I still like Brown for sure. I still think he's probably a weekly top ten play, just not a top five play. Yeah. You know, we often do forget that he he was a little bit productive with Landry Jones. Obviously, he's never caught a touchdown from another player other than Ben Roethlisberger, but he did go over 100 yards in one of Landry Jones' starts. That Roethlisberger didn't come in and play the hero act in the other. I mean, Michael Vick last year just brought nothing to the offense. And I mean, I think including him into the equation with the splits and everything is just really it's kind of not uh, honest analysis. I mean, Landry Jones is not a good player, but uh, I still think he can function and move the offense better than what uh, than what than what Michael Vick did last year. So I, I still think you're playing Brown. And if if owners are panicking on him, I think it's worth trying to buy him right now just because I still think you're going to see his floor. But you're not going to see a stealing with uh, with Brown. I mean, with with Ben Roethlisberger not there, but still certainly worth 
poking around and, and doing a heat check on his owners in terms of his price. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, next game, I'm just going to keep this one very simple. Minnesota back off their bye, traveling to Philadelphia. This game, Philadelphia, I'm a, I'm a Jordan Matthews fan, own him in a lot of leagues, but he will not be starting for me in any leagues this week. Uh, anyone on the Philadelphia Eagles team worth starting this week against Minnesota, yes or no? No, I'm not. I mean, I'm not starting anybody against Minnesota, like uh, unless they are. You know, I, I you got to play a guy like DeAndre Hopkins against Minnesota. You were reward or Odell Beckham. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the inverse of one did not pay off. One did pay off with a garbage time touchdown at the end. But I think you got to play those type of players against Minnesota. But like fringe guys, you know, wide fringe wide receiver two types, like you know Jordan Matthews probably is. I don't think those guys are uh, are playable against Minnesota. Yeah, I thought that as well. And uh, on the Minnesota side, obviously Diggs uh, missed the last couple of weeks, true injury, then a bye week last week, possibly. Uh, playing this week but even at that maybe I start him this week I, I think I'd, st- I'd be playing Kyle Rudolph as well against the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense but outside of that for Minnesota is there anyone that you'd be starting with confidence I think they'd be the only two for me I like I like McKinnon for okay. this week still yeah so I mean I think he, we haven't seen the best of him yet I think the best is still to come but the touches have been there Asiata has been vulturing touchdowns of course but also you know McKinnon did get some burn inside the inside the 10 yard line against the Giants on Monday night a few weeks ago so I, I still think you're playing McKinnon uh, Matt Jones was able to get over on that defense in Philadelphia last week so I, I think McKinnon's a guy you're playing Stefan Diggs it's just you know, is he healthy? That's the question with him. Uh, but Kyle Rudolph is another one that I think is a is a yeah. sneaky every week tight end play. So I mean, and he's the red zone guy. He's been getting targets down the field, and none of the other wide receivers are really stepping up, except Cordero Patterson, who's actually finally <laughs> showing a, a little bit of signs of life as in a really limited role. But yeah. you know, again, that's just that's good coaching, getting your players out there, asking them to do just a little bit of what they can handle, and you know, he's actually playing well. So good, good on him. Yeah, even got in the end zone uh, before the bye week, but uh, Rudolph dealt definitely uh, since Bradford's coming to the lineup has uh, got a, a hell of a lot more targets so uh, let's see what he does this week as well next up uh, a game and I know it's one of your kind of where reception perception really started to take off uh, Matt and we're heading towards uh, Jacksonville the Jaguars this week hosting the Oakland Raiders who really had a, a tough game last week and um, you know it's another game for um, Derek Carr and bad weather conditions where he's really really struggled uh, Basically, anytime I've ever seen him play in, in, a, in a wet weather game, he's really had, had issues. And coming out of college, there were some concerns uh, in the draft process with his hand size, whether that would affect him, um, you know, throwing the ball in the wet. But this is a game where Alan Robinson, uh, mainly down to Blake Bartles, hasn't had uh, a huge, huge kind of breakout. He had a big enough game against the Ravens a couple of weeks back, but I think this is a game where he, he possibly takes off. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of now or never for the Jacksonville offense. Their their passing game has been much less explosive than it was last year. This is something I'm going to talk about in the next gen stats column that comes out uh, every Thursday. It'll be out tomorrow. Uh, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, so the Jacksonville offense has not been, like I said, explosive downfield. Allen Robinson's yet to record a catch of 20 plus air yards from Blake Bortles this year. They're yeah. they're 0 for nine there it's it's kind of incredible considering that was the strength of the team last year uh Allen Robinson might you know he might, he might not be as in complete like dominant form as he was last year uh at the same time like and I don't mean that as a big crit obviously I'm not going to mean that as a big criticism against a guy like <laughs> Allen Robinson but you know teams are playing him with hard doubles they're they're not respecting many of the other threats and and and, and for good reason Julius Thomas has been a big disappointment uh even though he's out there playing not playing particularly well and and Blake Bortles has taken a a noticeable step back and you know there were concerns about his preparation coming into this year from people that I've talked to out of Jacksonville and just I I think that 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 hopefully Bortles can start to take start to improve his play now he people you looked all right against the Bears I would say that was probably his best game of the year so hopefully that downfield element can come can come into play because this is really the spot you know I mean the, the Raiders secondary has been giving it up through the air and giving it up on the ground so despite the money that they put into that secondary uh hopefully Robinson can get some single coverage against a guy like Sean Smith there on the on the offensive left side of the field and and be able to pay back dividends because they're just leaving a ton of air yards on the field right now yeah definitely that's that's definitely a a great point that hopefully you know obviously they can pick up on for uh you know obviously their playmakers to actually get points for their their (laughs) But uh, a game that I, I'm interested in, actually, that I think actually has um, some fancy value, at least on one side of the ball, is uh, the Ravens and the Jets. 
I uh, wanted to get your take on a couple things there. I promise I'll keep it short. Uh, one, just in general, how does Geno Smith affect the playmakers? You know, Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, Quincy Anuma. And then also, I hope I pronounced the new one right. Um, and then <laughs> the other side, you know, guys like, uh, especially going against the Jets defense, any guys you've seen a lot in particular against all of a sudden what is a, a weaker uh, fantasy defense? Yeah, so on the Jets side, I think we're kind of just out on the rest of the Jets players other than Brandon Marshall and, you know, Geno Smith will definitely lock onto his top target. He'll he'll definitely throw the ball at, at Brandon Marshall plenty. Uh, so he's a guy that I still think has a pretty solid floor on a week-to-week basis. Anun was actually been less productive with Decker out of the lineup, so I think we're kind of out on him at this point. And the running backs, I mean, Matt Forte looks gassed. He looks, you know, almost – almost near the end after a really strong start to the season in the touchdown department. Uh, it's been a rough, rough go for Forte. He actually played less snaps than Bilal Powell. He's yeah. been, he has less total yards than Bilal Powell over the last three weeks. So, I mean, I, I just really don't think unless it's, unless it's a PPR flex play for, for Powell, I don't think that you're using a Jets running back right now. Um, and then, so that's really it. It's Marshall and everybody else on the uh, on the Jets offense and on the Ravens offense. You know, this is all contingent on Joe Flacco playing. He didn't practice on Wednesday. The team kind of seems to sound optimistic about it, but but we're not sure. Uh, as long as he plays, I think this is actually a really good spot for all your Ravens. As Doug mentioned, you know, the Jets give up the highest catch rate to wide receivers in the NFL through six weeks. They've been giving up big plays left and right. Um, and so I think that this could be Brashad Perryman's breakout week. You know, he played over 60% of the snaps with Steve Smith out. I expect Steve Smith to sit again. Kamar Aiken's a guy I liked going into this year. He hasn't been involved much, but did get four for 64 last week. You know, played 78% of the snaps with Steve Smith out. So Mike Wallace, we know, is a big play threat. So all those guys are kind of worth, you know, flex plays. Hope hope that one gets into the end zone or gets over the top. But I and I like I said, I really like Perryman as potentially a player that that could break out this week. He's been just just like an inch or so away from making several big plays and did have a 40 yard catch to start off that game against the Giants last week. And then Terrence West to me is an every week running back play right now. Dix Kenneth Dixon is 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 not a thing. Uh, and Terrence West is a guy that's really taken this job and run with it. He has 325 total yards over the last three weeks uh, and has gotten in the end zone multiple times as well. So West is a guy that, you know, the Jets have give up 3.9 yards per carry, but they also just got ripped up by David Johnson. Uh, Terrence West is not David Johnson, but he's playing really well this season and I think deserves credit for reviving his career. Yeah, definitely does. Um, you know, he's, he's had a nice run so far to start the season. Um, on the Jets side as well, obviously, Gino's starting. It's kind of a wait-and-see approach there for me with the Jets. And Eric Decker uh, had hip surgery on Tuesday, and uh, then he can't have that uh, surgery on his torn rotator cuff until, like, you know, halfway through that process. So it is likely that, you know, he's going to be up against a fight for time to start the 2017 season. So bad news all around there for Eric Decker and his owners, particularly in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, I'm going to run through two games quite quick here, and uh, then I'm going to get your thoughts on one particular player. But starting off with San Diego at Atlanta, I think you're pretty much, uh, you know, you're starting Philip Rivers in this, and you're pretty much starting, you know, your, your skill position players for San Diego, and then you kind of know what you're getting from Atlanta as well. Um, Anyone that out of the ordinary that you're starting in this game or you're sitting down, I think you're, you're pretty much starting all your, your, your fantasy stars in this game. Yeah, th- this should be a pretty high-scoring game. I think you play both Atlanta running backs. You play Julio Jones. Uh, Mohamed Sanu could be a sneaky play. You know, he, saw, he led the team in targets last week. Uh, the San Diego secondary has re- sustained a ton of injuries yeah. back there to the cornerback position. So I think Sanu could be a sneaky play. This is, this is kind of the, the type of game that you want to play a guy like him who who could push for you know five to maybe even eight targets uh, in a game where that should be pretty high scoring. Uh, and on San Diego's side, yeah, I think you roll all your guys out there. This is a week to play. Travis Benjamin's a week to play. Tyrell Williams, um, but it, you know at the same time, one these defenses have actually been better, I think, than than they've been given credit for. Last week, Atlanta played pretty well against Seattle. They played better than I expected, especially considering Seattle really matched up well with all their weaknesses. Uh, so I think this is a week that you, you look to play all your guys, but don't be surprised if it's a little l- lower scoring than we might anticipate. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned you know surprising things on defense. San Diego have been quite good against the run this year, but you mentioned you kind of you have to start Coleman and Freeman in this one. Uh, the other game I'm going to talk about is Kansas City hosting New Orleans. 
the Saints on the road, the road split you mentioned earlier with T.Y. Hilton, well, New Orleans over the last kind of basically whole Sean Payton era, their road record has been a lot different to their home record. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, they do in Kansas City, which is one of the tougher places to go and play in the NFL. I think uh, you're starting all your Chiefs in this one, even though we did talk earlier about the situation with Charles and uh, Ware. I think you're going to start both of them if you have them in your rosters. It's kind of last chance to loon this week, in my opinion, for uh, Jeremy Macklin if he doesn't produce against this Saints uh, defense. I don't think we're going to see it from him this year. But the player I want to talk to you about on the New Orleans side, particularly in this game, and you can mention if there's anyone else that you would be starting but I want to get your opinion on Michael Thomas and how his rookie season has started off uh, for the Saints he's caught touchdowns now in uh, three uh, back-to-back games yeah Michael Thomas has led the team in red zone targets this year he's been a player that is really involved in the offense more and more Uh, I posted his next-gen stats route chart a few weeks ago and primarily he's just running slants and crosses on the middle of the field which is a great fit for Drew Brees and a great fit for what he does well as a player uh, so really like the way Michael Thomas has come on. You know, that, that Saints passing distribution is always kind of a riddle to, to figure out. You know, there's always going to be one of the guys left out in the cold, even when they do put up 41 points last week. That was Willie Sneed. Uh, to a certain extent, he was the one that did not get into the end zone among Kobe Fleener, Michael Thomas, and Brandon Cooks. But, yeah, Thomas is, is someone that I think that this is this is going to be a tough spot for the Saints on the road, outside, in Kansas City. Their defense is not uh, is not that good, Kansas City's that is, uh, especially with Justin Houston not yet back. But at the same time, you know, I think that there are a lot of guys that you're going to play. Uh, you're going to have to roll out there. And I think Willie Sneed actually has a really good matchup this week with Steven Nelson in the slot, who is kind of the weak link of the Chiefs secondary. Marcus Peters primarily sticks to left corner on over 90% of his snaps. So, yeah, I think I think Thomas has come on really well, and he's someone that should absolutely be, you know, an every week flex consideration because of his touchdown upside with his role in the red zone. Yeah, no, that that's uh, definitely fair. Uh, I wanted to definitely go into um, uh, this, uh, I guess you could call it London game, um, with uh, the Giants and the Rams. Uh, Jeff Fisher, as always, is leading his team to uh, 500 uh, or below. He's 3-3 right now, so we will see if he can make it past 8-8, eight and eight, which I don't believe so with all the defensive line injuries that they have right now, and I think they have secondary injuries as well. But regardless... Um, but they I, have don't, I, I don't have the stats. I don't have the stats in front of me. But is is the Giants' run defense? Is that a defense that Todd Gurley could do well on? And also, I want you to get your take on uh, Mister um, Superman Kenny Britt, uh, everybody's fancy darling now. Um, is he a guy that can you know keep it up going forward? I think he's over thirteen hundred yards, or that's what he's projected to finish with based off of current stats. And then on the other side, um, I have a big week here for Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. I want to get your take on that as well. Yeah, in terms of, of the of the Rams offense right now, this could be a good game for Gurley. Uh, the, the, the weird thing was that they kind of got away from him even when he started pretty hot last week. But, you know, the passing game, you know, you never thought you'd say this, but the passing game was kind of carrying them. So it, it makes sense. But. Gurley, I think this is a, is a relatively good week for him. I thought last week was a better outlook against the Lions defense uh, in the Dome. But the Giants defense has started to show a little bit of warts uh, up front. You know, the, the Baltimore ran well, uh, relatively well against them, 23 carries, 80 yards for Terrence West, who also caught four passes. But uh, against Eddie Lacy, they, they showed some cracks. Against Jarek McKinnon the week before that, they showed some cracks. So I think that this could be like a, a solid game for Gurley. You're just basically hoping that he gets into the end zone, though, because he has very little like high end rushing upside with the offensive line that he's playing behind. You know, teams even if Case Keenum is putting up numbers, you know they're going to game plan to stop uh, number thirty in the backfield there. So I-, I think this is an okay week for him, not a great one. Uh, Kenny Britt, I mean, you know, he had four catches in every game going into this blow up week uh, against the Lions. So I mean, I don't know if he's going to access that ceiling every week. Uh, he will face a pretty tough matchup against Janoris Jenkins um, there for the Giants. So he could potentially get over. I think he's a solid floor play, though, with the like the targets are there for Kenny Britt. The receptions are there. So I think you can use him. And on the uh, on the Giants side, yeah, I'm with you that this is a big week for Beckham. Without Tremaine Johnson last week, uh, the, the Rams just kept giving up yards and touchdowns to the Lions passing game. Uh, and I, I expect that to continue again this week. 
Beckham should have another big game. Sterling Shepard has been a bit quiet the last few weeks, but this could be a situation where they start to to get right too uh, with with Shepard and and Cruz has been not very productive either. But I, I don't know if I'd have the the stones to play Shepard this week given the slow the slow uh, just stretch he's been on lately. But I, I do think that uh, this could be a, a game where he gets going. Yeah, and uh, you know we talk about the Rams and laugh about it, but. Uh, this game, the London games are generally high scoring so it could be quite an interesting game to, to start some of your stars and remember that that game obviously starts early on Sunday particularly if you're in the USA 9.30am Eastern kickoff and that one three games to hit and I'm going to run through them as quickly as humanly possible Detroit uh, hosting Washington um, you know theoretic still not back and not 100% so we'll see if he can suit up this week I think if he uh, starts I think you're, you're slotting him in your lineup. Golden Tate had a big return last week uh, things might calm down this week for him but uh, you know it was nice to see him returning to some sort of form what we were kind of expecting going into the season and Marvin Jones uh, a touchdown last week again has been very very solid since arriving in Detroit start him as well we'll see if Jordan Reed can make it back keep an eye on him as he goes through that concussion protocol obviously uh, worrying you know with him coming back it might take a little bit longer to them slot him in the lineup and Doug's boy Matt Jones I know Doug uh, really dislikes Matt Jones but uh, he had another solid game last week oh I love Matt Jones Um, but uh, anyone else that I mentioned there, uh, Matt, that you're you're starting this week, or is that kind of about it? I mean, I think those you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with 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 all that with all that uh, you just said. And so, I mean, this is this is an interesting week. A lot of a lot of games that are a little bit tough to read and yeah. could go either way. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun slate to watch, in my opinion. Uh, the last two to hit as well, uh, Houston. You mentioned earlier starting DeAndre Hopkins in some tough matchups like Minnesota, but he heads this week to Denver to face the Broncos, who have lost their last two games. Uh, in this game, you know, I, I'm starting Sanders, starting DT, CJ Anderson, and his splits. Uh, I think it'll get back to normal, but you are concerned with the the way. Devontae Booker is eaten into that workload and then I think Lamar Miller even though he is going up against this I wouldn't be starting him I don't own Lamar Miller anywhere but I think if you own him you're probably starting him this week and then DeAndre Hopkins as you mentioned there's nobody else outside of that that I'd be starting and I'd be very skeptical about uh, going with Miller is there anyone else in this game that interests you well I mean I'm more curious to watch the Broncos passing attack uh, because Trevor Simeon has has taken a bit of a step back that Thursday night game was not good, but that could also just be Thursday night coming off of an injury. Uh, But he hasn't really been able to push the ball down the field. Uh, I think the targets will always be there for Emmanuel Sanders and, and even Demarius Thomas to a certain extent, but this, this should be a solid spot for them. But I also think that this game is just probably going to be a really defensive heavy game. Both, both units are pretty solid. Uh, Brock Osweiler revenge game narrative, of course, notwithstanding, (laughs) Uh, I think that this is this is not a game that you're necessarily looking for a ton of fantasy production. But as you mentioned, on Houston's side, you kind of have to start your guys uh, and hope that they just that they get off in what it what should be a slow spot. Yeah, and obviously Will Fuller suited up last week but didn't uh, take any snaps, so he'll be back this week. But again, as I mentioned, uh, I wouldn't be confident starting him in Denver. And last game of the week is Thursday Night Football. The Green Bay Packers pretty banged up going into this one, as disappointed as I am to say it. Eddie Lacy is out. They did trade for Nile Davis. That shows you how tough things are at the running back spot for them. Ty Montgomery might get some uh, run, uh, some snaps at the running back position similar to what we've seen against the Cowboys caught a few passes out of the backfield as well in that situation uh, for them defensive backs uh, Sam Shields has gone to the IR with his concussion issues and uh, Rollins is going to be out as well uh, at cornerback so this is a game where I think the Packers in real life will uh, get the job done but I think there's a, a real chance here for Jeffrey uh, uh, to get uh, into the end zone for the first time this season and uh, Cameron Meredith as well I think is going to be a solid option here um, I think you you probably start all your Packers uh, that are available in this one, you know, with Cobb, Nelson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, see if he can get back on track. But outside of those guys, um, anyone else? And of course, uh, Jeffrey. You think this could be could be a big breakout for him? I mean, with Jeffrey, it's just like you know he 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 hasn't led the targets in any game except one, and I was back in week two. Uh, it, it's been just such a weird situation with Jeffrey. He's still, and, he's still yeah. putting up the yards. He's just not getting a, into the end zone at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, l- last week he had a pretty, he had a pretty strong first half and, yeah. and then Jalen Ramsey actually played really well against him uh, in the second half. 
Uh, so, I mean, I just, it, yeah, I, this looks like a good spot for Jeffrey, but it's looked like a good spot for Jeffrey several <laughs> times. And it's just been, you know, the, the same sort of thing. He's playing second fiddle to Kevin White, and then he's playing second fiddle to Cameron Meredith. Uh, hopefully this is a get-right game. I mean, the talent is there. He looked he looked more healthy than he has yeah, at any point last week. Looked more explosive, more like the physical dominating beast that he that he certainly is. So hopefully this is this this is a big game for Jeffrey with the Packers injuries in the second area. And on the Packers side, I mean, I mean this offense is not right right now. Definitely you know, <laughs> it's tough to bench guys like Cobb and Jordy. I mean, yeah. I know I don't have to tell you, man. Like I, I'm sure you're, you're feeling it being a being a fan yeah. and all. Like, tough I mean, I think you you got to play Cobb. You got to play Jordy, especially in pretty good spots against some substandard quarterbacks or cornerbacks there in Chicago. Aaron Rodgers is not like a guy that I'm excited to play. If you drafted him that high, it's probably tough to bench him for a streamer, but I think that it wouldn't shock me if a guy like, you know, even like Tyrod Taylor or Colin Kaepernick who are in good spots score more fantasy points as crazy as that is to say. But I mean, yeah, Rogers right now, I think is just broken. Could get back on track at any point. Maybe it is this week against the bears, but we'll see the running backs are interesting. I mean, I think Ty Montgomery is like a must own right now and, and probably a start. Uh, you know, he played 22 of 33 snaps from the backfield with Devontae Adams out for this game. Yeah, I think he'll get some burn at wide receiver as well. So I think Montgomery is definitely somebody to own on your team, somebody to go out and, and get. And probably as, however long Lacey's injury last is a guy that you, you play. Niall Davis, I mean, he's not good, but like if opportunity is going to be there, then then that's good. But at the same time, with this Packers offense not being the high flying way that, ways that we're used to, he's not going to be in scoring position as much as you'd like. Yeah, and I've seen you know Montgomery's ownership last week was in around the two percent uh, mark. So uh, you know if you if you have an opportunity to go and check your waiver wire, it might still be there. It has definitely production value over the next few weeks. And you talked um, you know about the likes of uh, Colin Kaepernick outscoring Rodgers well Kaepernick came back last week and he's already uh, outscored him in, in week six so we'll see what happens this week but this is a week where I think uh, you know I usually say Thursday night football unless you're very confident you know sit, sit your players and I think this is one where we could see a lot of production at the wide receiver position on both teams uh, and it's going to be an interesting one to watch and of course um, there's good news there for Jeffrey owners like myself that uh, Eddie Royal is sitting out Thursday night football so he'll get those Eddie Royal targets as well so uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a bonus but to wrap up the show obviously uh, it's been a lot of fun as always having Matt on the show you can follow him on Twitter it's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB you can also hear him I didn't mention it in the intro I mentioned NFL.com but you can see him on Fantasy Live and their podcast as well I, I even seen you making a few appearances on the, the Dave Damashek podcast recently and of course uh, thebackyardbanter.com as well where you can listen to the, how many episodes did you do for the, the first season of the Backyard Banter uh, Matt? Over 40 over, uh, yeah over, over 40 episodes cranked them out over the summer hopefully uh, get some guests back for season two this this off season as well. Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty awesome to listen through all the different stories from people in the fantasy industry. So if you want to get a background on a lot of the guys that you'll be listening to on different podcasts, watching on TV, and reading their rankings and analysis every week, check out thebackyardbanter.com for that. As always, I'm on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Doug's on Twitter at Dmore NFL. And until we're back next week with another podcast, uh, enjoy week seven. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.